When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this morning via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the uh, Islanders roller coaster ride to the playoffs continue with uh, another big dip in the uh, the track uh, last night. Yeah, it was uh, about as like as good as I felt after a win in quite some time uh, when they beat the Coyotes on Sunday afternoon. And I was riding high, and I am now worried again and now i think we're faced with the reality that um i think this team is probably going to be in a scrap just for for home ice advantage and and a spot outside of those wild card spots rather than the uh the top of the division uh it would appear that way um they are now in third place they're behind the penguins due to a tiebreaker uh, they're four points up on the Hurricanes, uh, who are, I believe are in uh, seventh place right now. Um, and so, and they have six games left, I believe the Islanders do. I'll, I'll double-check on that, but I'm almost certain they have six games. No, sorry, they have five games left. Yeah, there's one week left in the regular season. So, you know, there's a possible ten points there, and, and they're only three points still behind the Capitals. Um, so, I mean, first place isn't completely out of the question. Um, it appears unlikely that they will drop completely out of the playoff race, but they could, you know, if disaster strikes, they could potentially end up in, in a wild card spot at seventh or eighth. Um, full disclosure, Mike and I spoke on Monday uh, after the weekend sweep of the Flyers and Coyotes, and we were, it was a great conversation. We were in a pretty good mood. Things were looking up, and uh, because I'm a dope, it didn't record. So <laughs> that has now gone into the ether. Uh, I have... Uh, Per Islanders regulations, I have run the steps at Nassau Coliseum as punishment, and so now we're back, and <laughs> after an eventful Tuesday, um, and we'll talk about the, the game first, uh, it was a 4 nothing shutout loss in Columbus with an empty net goal. Um, it, you know, it, it's one of those, it's a little bit like the game in Detroit that they played a couple weeks ago, where I thought they played pretty well. Like for the first two periods, for the first period, it was basically all Islanders, and uh, the second period was more of a mix. But 
you know, they had chances, well, they had shots and they had possession and they had chances, but they didn't really have like a lot of traffic in front of in front of Bobrovsky. And there was only one power play doled out in the entire game and the it went to the Blue Jackets and Ryan Dezingle scored on it. And that was early in the game. Like it was, I don't know, it was within the first 10 minutes of the game. And you thought, oh, well, they got all this time to, to get back. And they just never did. And it just they had possession. They just didn't do anything with it. A lot of one and dones, as Butch said. And, you know, in a vacuum, you're like, ah, eh, well, you know, I mean, you, they played okay. They just couldn't score, and it happens. But, you know, when it's the sixth from the last game of the season and you're trying to maintain second place or get up into first place, uh, it's incredibly demoralizing, how, regardless of how good they played. Yeah, I thought, like, they played a great first three minutes. <laughs> like yeah. they, I was like, oh, great, this is this, the team that we watched, and uh, – yeah, once once the Blue Jackets scored on that power play, it was the it there was a good response. The Islanders almost scored on like the next shift, but I think it was Letty on like a shot that was robbed by Bobrovsky. But after that, I I can't really remember uh, too many notable offensive bursts or whatever. And then the the second period especially was bad. I thought, and you know, we we spoke a lot about early in the year that this is a team that's not built to come back. Um, and then they started to come back all the time, and then. Now you're like, oh, maybe they're just not. There's really just not a team that's built to come back because you know where where, where I couldn't figure out where the goal was going to come from yesterday. It was the Blue Jackets were one up one nothing. It felt like it could have been four nothing because it just didn't ever. It never really looked like the Islanders. I just couldn't even picture in my head the goal and and the post goal celebration too. And uh, yeah, I, I mean it was it was just confusing. Um, because I, they don't, they didn't. It wasn't their worst effort by far, and and you hope that you know the team doesn't overreact and you know maybe sit Michael Dalcole, who I thought was pretty good, and then uh, you know just make the team worse because they they lost the game that he played in, and um, those are now thoughts we have to have because they lost, and and that's it, and they've got a tough game. The next game is tough, and I don't really think they're they're in danger of you know falling out of the the top eight, but yeah, they they need to you know get probably four more points to avoid uh, that se- that second wild card spot. And you know we've we've said all along that the Islanders probably best matchup is is with the Penguins, and they're that's what they're staring at right now. And the Penguins are are playing well, and so are the the Capitals are playing well, and the Hurricanes are playing well, and the <laughs> Canadians are yeah are playing oh they're playing like decently, and the the Blue Jackets have been helter skelter, but. Uh, there's like a common theme among their their possible opponents is that they're all playing pretty well in the except for the Islanders. Yeah, who have been shut out in three of the last five games. Um, I thought yeah, I, they either they either shut a team out or they they get shut out. It's, it's very <laughs> yeah, frustrating. Right. Um, that is kind of funny. Um, just before we came on, I watched the uh, the Barry Trotz press conference from the night before, and uh, he seemed to give a lot more credit to the Blue Jackets than take credit taking credit away from the Islanders. I, he I think he liked the Islanders' effort, but uh, you know he gave credit to the to Columbus for playing a, a really really good defensive game. I mean, it, it, the Blue Jackets are a lot like the Bruins, and who are a lot like the Islanders. They play that defensive style, and they wait for you to make a mistake. And in this case, you know the Islanders was were the ones making the mistakes, and it ended up, ended up in their net as opposed to the other way around, which is what John Tortorella also said after the game, which you know usually. The Islanders are the ones who are waiting for you to make a mistake, and then they score, and that's how it works. So, uh, you know, I think it's sometimes it's it's safe to give another team credit. And Columbus needed that win to keep. Had they lost that game with the with the Habs winning, I mean, that basically would have been it for them. So, I, I think in this case, it's okay to give them credit, as as disappointing as it was for the Islanders. Um, but you know, it is a worrying trend that they just are coming up. Empty at the worst possible time. Uh, as far as Del Cole goes, Trotz said he liked his game, so I think he'll still be uh, in the lineup uh, on Thursday in Winnipeg. I don't think Tom Kuhnhackel was the difference between the Islanders uh, winning and losing that game. Um, and, you know, I thought, yeah, he played okay, but I mean, he's done what he had been doing, which is, you know, he played that good game in the corners, but didn't contribute much offensively. Um, I thought Letty was probably the best Islander player. Because he was the most noticeable, he had a lot of a lot of rushes up the ice. But you know, in typical Nick Letty fashion, he's 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 so quick to get up the ice that before you know it, he's almost like parallel to the goal, and he has no shot. Like there's nothing 
he could do with it. And so there was a lot of that. Um, you know, Barzell was kind of knocked around a lot, and he got a penalty for roughing, and he just was clearly very, very frustrated uh, with what was going on. And, you know, as bad as the Islanders' power play has been, they had no power plays in the game and didn't deserve any, but at the same time, that's not going to help either. So, I mean, it was very much a playoff game, and uh, they just came up on the short end of it, and it's, again, at the worst spot. If this, if this was November, I almost would have been somewhat encouraged by it because, like, hey, you know what? You played all right, and it just it happens. Sometimes the goalie gets you, and sometimes the other team's defense gets you, but... This is a bad time. And, and again, the worst part is that it came off of a weekend, which was frankly awesome. They played two really, really good games in Philly and then at home against the Coyotes. They shut out the Coyotes 2-0 on Sunday. Robin Leonard played in both games. He let up you know, one kind of fluky goal to the Flyers and then one power play goal, uh, which is kind of how power plays are supposed to work. But they played really well in both games and earned both wins. And we seem to be sitting pretty on Monday, again, had I recorded it, everybody would have heard us sitting pretty, but it didn't happen. Uh, and now we're kind of right back into you know, depression again, <laughs> wondering, oh, my God, what's going to happen to these guys? Yeah, I think that's right. We, we, it wasn't like a terrible loss by any stretch. It's just now it, the, the, the losses are just have a lot more gravitas to them when you get to this, uh, to this point in the season. And uh, hope, you know, with those, those games, the Flyers, the Coyotes, and the Canadians games were all such, you know, like emotional highs and lows with the, the Canadians game being especially low and just an absolute burn the tape game after Bruins game, which is also a Bru- <laughs> yeah, burn the uh, game. Somebody asked tape game. So you thought, all right, somebody asked Trotz about what well, you concerned that your team's been shut out three out of the last five games. And he was like, well, two of those games are junk. Just just throw them out. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. So those are the two <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Th- those those two games. And, and then so you think, all right, maybe when they hit they hit rock bottom in that Canadian game and we're starting to you know uh cl- start climb their way back and get back on track and then and then this game happens and it the, the fact that it was a shutout is concerning just because the the way they've been shooting has been you know scary scary bad uh there was some uh regression that was due shooting wise and it's coming but it's also like rearing its head in a, in such a weird way like that I think about that game against the Red Wings where you know every we hit 13 posts and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, it's like, it's, it's another weird spot that we're in. And because you don't want to, I don't want to be too worried about the game. There's there. They won those two games over the weekend that they needed to win to just basically steer clear of a, pl- a playoff, uh, the playoff disaster of missing the playoffs disaster. And, and now we're in this kind of weird limbo where it's just jockeying for the right matchup. And we, we might look back, you know, in a week when the playoff, races or in a week and a half when the playoff race is set and just be like you know what that loss actually worked out in our favor in the long run just because it got us the matchup we wanted um and so like that's these 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 games now have some like weird feel to them because of that like you just you just want it to be the fix the fix it felix games to steal one of barry trotz's quotes the next you know five that they get their game together and go into the playoffs with with some sort of you know cohesion among them um whether that means that they they're second or third in the division, you know, hopefully it's second so they get home ice. But you know, just it's just hopefully they get it works out in their favor with that whatever amount of points they get puts them in second place and against the Penguins is, is what I'm hoping for. And and so that's such that's such a weird thing. To <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna say I hope we don't come to because I feel the same way. But hopefully we don't come to regret that <laughs> that <laughs> feeling. But uh, to me, I'm more concerned about home ice. Uh, I, you know, at this point. I don't know if they have enough road to to get back into first place without reeling off five straight wins, but I just I, I want them to get home ice in particular because I feel like for them, I, I think for most teams it's probably not a big deal, but for this team being what it is, being you know this season being what it is, and this construct roster construction being what it is, I feel like home ice is really really a big deal for them, and I think that that could swing a series either way if it's you know you get four games to the Coliseum versus four games someplace else. Yeah, it's definitely gigantic uh and it's this team had such a good goal differential for so long now the islanders they're they're yeah. they're kind of handing away tiebreakers right now so they're they're gonna need to um they're gonna need to finish ahead of the penguins to do that which honestly you know feels today the other day it didn't feel you know 12 hours ago it didn't feel insurmountable right. but now at eight o'clock on on uh, wednesday morning it does um, but <laughs> well, and the Penguins, like I hadn't even realized this, but the Penguins' schedule yeah, yeah. is ridiculous. Like they, 
they play the rain. They already play the Rangers, beat the heck out of them. They play them again. They play the Red Wings twice. Uh, I think they have a game against the Caps or somebody. Somebody else is pretty good. Yeah, and that's they, about it. And it's like seriously, they the Rangers. <laughs> they played the Rangers like eleven times in the last two weeks. The Penguins. The Danich just like just, just send them to send them MSG. Right. Put it on put it on NBC Sports. Nobody will notice. But yeah, it's, it's that's frustrating. And <laughs> yeah. the, their team is like they're they're playing well, which is frustrating. But their yeah. team is so ripe for the picking and uh, has so many holes in it. Obviously, they have two of the best players in the world on it. But uh, I, I like, one of them's hurt right now. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's just it, you know it's going to be like a uh, a strange kind of last ten days of the year just because you know <laughs> I, I I'm sure we will want to win every game but there's there's a chance that like a win you know in the last game of the season means the is a win or a loss is like picking their opponent so um we gotta i'm trying to like mentally prepare myself for for that kind of stuff coming uh in these last five games <laughs> i was i was remembering i had totally forgotten about this but remember the year that they they played florida in the playoffs people were accusing them of like losing games down the stretch so that they could play the panthers and I, I, I get. I do this remember is that. Kind of a, like who, they, they, who are they trying to quote unquote avoid? Uh, was the light? I think the, it might the have been the Penguins. The Lightning, because yeah, I, I don't remember. But yeah, I remember that. And Capu, what but, did Capu? I remember Capuano having like a funny quote to say about it. But yes, I did. Yeah, I mean that, and which you know, again, <laughs> I hate to keep talking about a, a, an episode that nobody heard, but you know, we had a whole conversation about how it seems like nobody's really rooting. For the Islanders, even though they're kind of like the ultimate underdog story, they're just the underdog that nobody's rooting for. So I guess they're just kind of a dog. Um, but uh, this is a different case. Like I don't think they're trying. I mean, Trot said we're not. You know, we're trying to win games here. It's not like the the effort's not there. We're trying to get back and and take the whole thing. But it just didn't happen. Uh, I am glad you brought up goal differential though, because um, all this time, yeah, the Islanders had been leading the league in um, in goals against and. Uh, we had kind of been looking at the Bruins uh, as sort of the uh, the standard to be set because they're always so defensively uh, tight. But uh, really, the the team to really watch is Dallas. So the Islanders have 188 goals against uh, as of right now, and the Stars have also 100. So you know it's kind of small potatoes in the long run. But if you were kind of hoping that the Islanders would go from giving up the most goals in the season to giving up the least. Um, we got to kind of keep pay, keep an eye on Dallas because they've got um, as many shutouts, I think, as the Islanders do. Uh, and that was another funny thing about the weekend games was that the Islanders tied a team record with their 10th shutout of the season. Uh, each goalie has five, and that has not happened too often. So, uh, you know, it's it's really <laughs> it really sucks that, you know, one game can swing your fan momentum that wildly um but that's pretty much where we're at right now and just they now so they can clinch on saturday if they win their next two games so if they get a win uh thursday night in winnipeg which is not an easy feat at all um and uh the capitals i think beat the hurricanes uh, I, I, let me call up eric hornick's uh, skinny right here uh so if they if they beat winnipeg and they get some help then they beat Buffalo on Saturday, uh, they will have clinched. So because the the magic number is only five right now, um, that sounds pretty easy. But again, uh, that's going to be hard to come by. So if the Isles win in any manner and Montreal Columbus game ends in regulation, uh, the Islanders' um, magic number will uh, decrease. Uh, or you know, they uh, if they don't get any help, then they can do it on Saturday. Um, they need to win these games and winning in Winnipeg is not going to be easy. Winning against Buffalo is not going to be easy because they're not going to just sort of roll over and die. So the Islanders can clinch a playoff berth at home. Um, they're going to need to win games and they're going to need to do it by scoring goals. And that means that their top line guys are going to need to kind of step up. And, and I hate to say it like that because it implies that they haven't, but getting shut out three times in five games is not a good look. (laughs) Like they need to really do something and and make it happen right now and you know patience is great but when it's late in the game and you need a goal i think you know you have to get a little bit more desperate than they've been in the last couple yeah definitely and like their their power play obviously has been a oof yeah it's, yeah it's been a trap a travesty and and that came to roost big time against the flyers so um the um you, you know you think about matt barzell who's, who's like 
doing everything he can but but score. He I think it was against the Coyotes where he had an opportunity that I don't know if it hit the post or like Kemper just made a great save or whatever it was. But he's he's definitely like just completely snake bitten right now and, and just I'm just hoping he gets like yeah. one or two before the playoffs start so he's got a little confidence there. Got you know, it's right now it's it's either Nelson, Lee or you know, bust like at this point. Like who I don't know where else girls are been coming from. Um Sezikis, I guess, as well. But like this, this—it's basically those three have been the only ones scoring consistently uh, since since the All Star break, and uh, you like that, that that can't be the case going into the playoffs. They they need to start figuring out what what's ailing them offensively and, and figure it out quick. And hopefully, you know, one, one I'm almost rooting for like the game against the Jets. Kind of maybe the Islanders need a track meet or something to just like kind of wake up some some offensive mojo and you know win a five four game, which is very much not what the t- type of team they are but it's just i just want to see some something where you know if, if the islanders let in a goal with a minute and a half a minute and a half into the game it's not it's not the end of the world it doesn't feel you know it's like uh, I, the yeah. game against the game against the the canadians when they when leo Komarov took that stupid penalty and the canadians went up uh was that mm-hmm. two that made it two nil i believe or one nil whatever it was and I think that was one nothing. yeah and yeah. but it's just whatever it was it was the lights were out it was over like yeah and then i i I turned that game off after Barzell turned the puck over and Jonathan Drouin came down and scored the Canadians' third goal. I just closed the browser window, closed my laptop, and just went about the rest of my day. And I didn't miss anything after that, basically. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it just feels – and that, I mean, it felt it didn't feel that way right away last night. But once once the first period ended and the Islanders were still down one nothing, I was like, all right. You know, they, the Panarin breakaway goal yeah. for me was the end of it. Like that was, and and it was early in the third too. And at that point, you know, again, I don't want to over, I don't want to understate the fact that they were only down one nothing through two periods. Like they had, and and they had played for well enough that you would think that they could get a goal. But after Panarin made a two nothing, I was like, that's it, they're done. They're not gonna. That's that's all they yep. needed. Yeah, it was. Uh, they always say like when it's like one team's up like two nothing or three one, the next goal is gonna determine the game for the Islanders. It's you know, and, and we make fun of Butch all the time because one of his keys to the game is always scoring first. But <laughs> the Islanders need to figure out yeah. a way to score first, otherwise they're yeah. screwed. Because, they, I mean, yeah. if you flip it the other way around, look how well they played against the Coyotes when they did score first. They, You know, they took the right. game and they, they kind of strangled the life out of the Coyotes uh, after they took the early lead. Uh, like Robin Leonard made a couple of really big saves, but, you know, that's kind of part of the Islanders' game plan is that yeah. they, they get the lead, they make life very difficult on their opponent and their goalie makes the, the timely saves which Leonard did um yeah. and then I mean the, the Flyers game was was not as much on script as that but it, it felt like the Islanders after getting tying that game up after that really fluky goal uh just dictated that game was all on the Islanders terms so, yeah uh, I was gonna say even when the Flyers scored that fluky goal it was the Islanders were kind of in charge like they were they had played better they had the better of play up until that point and so I think they recognized that that goal was a fluke and we could just keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, halfway through the second period, it was 2-1. So, Yeah, and, and just to get those those two wins, honestly, is like what, what I'm trying my best to focus on. But like the prospect <laughs> of having to go into Winnipeg and then uh, mm. is, is you know, that's like you said, like that that's a game. The Islanders is, are less than 50% chance. That's probably going to be, you know, like yeah. a 60-40 game. So, so then you got the Sabres, which is then – ends up on your plate as the the game you need to have because on the other end of that is is uh the, the maple leafs game and you know yeah. so you're that's what's f- most frustrating about the loss is that like sure like they, they played fine but we're now looking ahead to this weird you know kind of glut of games that uh we need points and and i'm we, I don't. It's like it's like we need them. Uh, we need other mm. things to go our way as well to kind of just like yeah. set ourselves up. Uh, you know, we're, we're, it's it's not as much scoreboard watching as as it would have been had the Islanders lost those those two games in uh, over right. the weekend. But there's some like scoreboard watching in the sense that like we need the the Penguins to come off their game. We need the the wheels to yeah. come off the other teams as well. So now we're in. Uh, you know, if the Islanders aren't going to get to the level that they need to be uh, for. Going into the postseason, we're going to need some some breaks in the other part of the universe to go our way, which usually doesn't happen with the Islanders. 
No, and and it usually doesn't happen for the New York Jets either, which is why I don't watch the Jets that much anymore. <laughs> it was always like, you know, even when they were okay, you know, it's like, all right, well, yeah, if, if you know the Bengals beat this team and the the Raiders beat this team, then then yeah, that they can you know maybe make some. Ha- and that those games never happen. Like they just don't, you know, the they never it never works out that way. So yeah, it's a bad situation to be in. Um, you know, the the thing I just want to say before we we take our first break is that like. I get that it's frustrating, and you know, again, like you said before, they're either getting shut out or doing the shutting out, and it's kind of weird that way. But the the thing I keep, you know, the, yeah, I try and focus on those two games that they won. Uh, you know, Philly's never been a, a welcome place for them, so that was a huge win for them. And then to come back on a back to back and really play well and and beat a, another good team were, were very encouraging. But my whole thing is like, I feel like you know, if we're looking for a piece of positivity, it's sort of that. This is the team that has gotten them to this point. And I get that it's frustrating that they don't score a lot of goals. I get that people are still complaining about the trade deadline and they didn't go out and get anybody. And, you know, that's frustrating too. I took the entire day off to watch the Islanders do absolutely nothing. So that was not a lot of fun. But this is the team that's gotten them to this point. So complaining that they don't score a lot and, and you know, they're always kind of, you know, they're focused on defense and these guys. Are, like, it's, it's almost in a way I feel kind of bad because – this is the team. This is the meal, as they as Seinfeld would say. This is the meal. Like this is what we've gotten this whole time, and this is what got them to first place in the first place. So they're going to have to live and die with this. It's just that they need wins, and they need to, you know, as Trotz would say, stay focused and and play their game. And you know, when they get off their game is when they lose, and when they get frustrated is when they lose. And so I think they can win in Winnipeg because they've again they've won in some tough places this whole season, but it's going to require a lot of work and they're going to need some help from guys that are, have been a little bit quiet, but I can't help but think this is how they've gotten to this point. Like we, we wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for the way they played like this all season long. So we just have to ride it out <laughs> and hope that, you know, they've got a few more in them to just get this locked down and, and make it to the playoffs. Um, there are a couple of guys that are not going to be involved in that push and a couple of new guys who are also on board and uh, that the Islanders signed. And we're going to talk about them right after these messages. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So one guy we haven't talked about so far this episode is Andrew Ladd, and that is because news came out on Tuesday, that he will miss four to five months with a torn ACL. In the other leg that he had not had operated on earlier this season, he had a knee injury, and that kind of cost him a long time uh, this season. But this is the other leg now. And, you know, we've criticized Ladd a lot. Uh, He hasn't really done much in his time. The most success he's had as an Islander is when he goes his annual fishing tournament, he like pulls literal sea monsters out of the water. <laughs> that's you know that's the the coolest thing that he's done in his time as an Islander. But it just sucks. Like it's just I mean you feel bad for the guy and he's thirty three. I think he's gonna be thirty four. I think next sometime next season and it's just you know he's got four more years left in that contract and it's he was never gonna live up to it anyway. But now he, he's gonna miss this whole thing and he would actually played okay. He hadn't done anything scoring wise, but. That just I, I was surprised. What's funny is that I had totally forgotten he'd even left that game, and you mentioned it to me last time, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that uh, that lad uh, had to leave that game with an injury." And then just out of the blue, it was like, "Oh yeah, he's out four or five months." I was like, "What? 
Jeez. So that on top of the Valtteri Filppula injury uh, means the Islanders are going to have to kind of jog the lineup a little bit. It means Michael Del Cole's in now. Tanner Fritz is in. He's been in for a couple of games now with Filppula out. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel bad. I feel bad for Lad that this has happened to him. I mean, you never want to see something like this happen. Um, but it's just it was so sudden. I'm still almost kind of like trying to wrap my mind around. Holy cow! Like he just left the game, and now he's out five months. Yeah, it, when when we were speaking in in our practice episode, I I think I was, I was like, oh yeah, he he just he lad left that game. Have we heard anything? And we're like, oh no, the Islanders had said literally nothing really all day, mm-hmm. and then when the news came out, it's like, oh shit, yeah, like uh, mm-hmm. it's it sucks, but uh, if if it means you know more more ice time for for Michael Del Cole in that role, like it could end up you know being a, a, a one of those strange blessings in disguise because i think dalco is a good fit in this system and this top six and he just needed he needs to be given the more ice time than than he had which was zero over the last what two weeks um so uh you know it's 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 going to be uh it's it's going to be like a good chance for for him and 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 that's what you know concerned me a little bit also about the loss uh last night was that you know they they've had a and this isn't as much trots as it was the regime before him and uh, that there was always a little bit of scapegoatism uh, after like a one one game losing streak that it was always just the youngsters that came out of the lineup uh, so you know that's some old Islanders kind of like making its way back to the top of my brain but uh, you know I just hope <laughs> that you know he he's given the opportunity to just make that role of zone because he did it and then obviously got sent down and hopefully if he does it again you know that he makes the team better because he i mean he definitely makes the team better and and we spoke also i mean fritz has been really good i think he's he's almost a better center for for that line because leo Komarov would have to you know commit one of the seven deadly sins to get scratched (laughs) and fritz fritz has the both like the hockey sense the will and the speed to make up for uh leo's lack of uh, skill or anything uh, in in when he's got his skates on. So the th- those two both those two lineup changes I think are going to make the Islanders like a little bit better. Uh, they 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 give them a little bit more jump, which is something you kind of need at this part of the season, especially when your roster hasn't turned over. Like you can just get turned into you, you turn into like such a methodical unit, and the Islanders are obviously doing that. They're playing games too too script, and sometimes it, when it doesn't work, like they just like all right, like we're we're still running our routes and we're you know trying to make life hard in the defensive zone but we're down five nothing uh you know that when, when you're going through the motions in a system like this it's very easy to tell because you'll be you won't score and you'll be scored on i feel that i was very i was actually kind of weirdly excited for tuesday night's game because um of dal cole and fritz and there's a pretty straightforward argument to be made that the islanders are better with them in the lineup than they were with uh, Filippola and Ladd. Um, those guys are younger. They're definitely faster, in you know, on their feet. They're quicker. Um, they have, you know, it's weird to say this with Andrew Ladd being on the shelf because he's had pretty good goal scoring seasons. But there's probably a better chance that they uh, can score than than he had because he hadn't really been uh, scoring anything all season long uh, when he was healthy. Um, and then, you know, to get shut out was also, again, very demoralizing because this is probably the best lineup the Islanders have had in weeks because, you know, Philpola was out and they played Kuhnhackle somewhere in there and Ladd wasn't really doing much. And so I, I agree with you. Like, I think that they are better with these guys in the lineup, unfortunately, due to injury. Um, but And Fritz had a couple of, couple of decent chances uh, against the Blue Jackets, too. Um, and he is a good player. Like, I think he's okay. But uh, – yeah, it's just uh, I, you know, this is when you kind of wonder if the whole like veteran locker room, you know, guy trope is real. And for all the skills that Dal Cole and Fritz bring to the table, that maybe and the speed and the youth that Philpola and Lad don't have, you know, you wonder what kind of what is removed, what intangibles are removed from that equation without those two guys. And I'm sure that, you know, Josh Bailey was talking in the, uh, to Shannon in the intermission and he was like, you know, lad's a good guy. Like he's, he's, you know, it's tough to see him like that. And we're all, we're all feel for him. Um, and I'm sure the same with Phil Pula too. So I, I don't know, like it's easy for us to be like, yeah, those guys are better and they are, but you know, we're not players. We're not their teammates. <laughs> we're not like, you know, the guy who has to line up next to Andrew Ladd every game. So right. it's it's just tough. And I don't know. I just it 
this I feel like you know once once Lad got hurt too, people were immediately like, well, he can go on long term injured reserve, or you know maybe he'll uh, they'll bury him in the AHL when he comes back. And I just I feel like all that's probably kind of pie in the sky stuff. Uh, long term injured reserve is a possibility. We're gonna have to obviously wait until training camp for any decision to be made, but. I feel like it's going to be one of three things. Either he's going to be in the Islanders lineup game one next year. He's going to be on long-term injured reserve, which would open up uh, cap space for them, or he'll be retired. One or the other. Like he's not going to be traded. He's not going to be playing in Bridgeport because there's no, he's not going to get bought out. So stop asking about buyouts because the Islanders will get no cap relief whatsoever from that buyout proof contract. That's all basically signing bonuses and no actual salary. Um, I don't think they're going to trade him because, A, who's going to want him? And, B, if somebody does want him, you're going to end up taking back a bad contract like Bobby Ryan or something in return. So it's one of those three things. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, I know it's tough. He's probably having surgery right now on that knee. Probably <laughs> the last thing he's thinking about is next season. Um, but uh, it's just tough. Like, and you, just, you feel bad. Like, as much as we've criticized, everybody's criticized Lad, and he deserves it. Like, it has not been a good scene for him with the Islanders, especially considering what he was brought in to be. Um, but you, you never want to see a guy get sort of taken out like this, you know? Yeah, it was. And it was such a, like a weird, innocent play that yeah. like, you're just like, wait a minute. Like how he, he tore his ACL. On that? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, whenever I see torn ACLs, I think of Vinny Testaverde, who the Jets had been to the AFC championship game. They were primed and ready for a Super Bowl run. He went back to throw a pass like he had done a million times in his career. He fell down and that was it for the entire season. And I was like, oh, like he didn't do anything. I didn't even get hit. So, yeah, I yeah. guess that's how it happens. Yeah, it does. I mean, and the the the, the lad stuff too, I think as Islander fans, we like as, as soon as that happened, like we got everyone got their 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 cap space, you know, up on their computer or whatever <laughs> cap and friendly, yeah. Yeah, cap friendly. Like we didn't need you know, we 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 need to just be kind of zeroing in on on this playoff run and um you know, I think the, the lad thing, the lad part of the season, and this has nothing to do with Andrew Ladd specifically, but when he came back into the lineup is kind of when the Islanders took their um, sharpest downturn of the year. Um, and I think, it, like I said, nothing to do with like the, Ladd the player, but maybe just more the the roster fit of now bringing this guy in who is definitely not a um, he was never like in the trot system. He played what like a month before the Islanders really got it down. Yeah. The team was kind of becoming this well-oiled machine. Then you know you bring in, you know this new guy up to new guy, even though he's thirty-three, but like up to speed to like on the on how it was working, and it didn't really work. And that's when like lineup juggling started to happen a little bit more. And um, I just hope now that you know he's out of the lineup, and we know he's out of the lineup for the rest of the season, that the Islanders can then say, all right, like let's just get our best, most optimal lineup on the same page for this last week of the season there's opportunity to do i mean the buffalo game to me is it's like a game that this this team needs to show like what it is like what like just play their best i mean they got a game against the panthers as well like those these are teams that are now panthers have course, been eliminated officially yeah. after last night's loss so so we're, we're talking about two teams that are you know you know dead in the water there in, in the last what f- five games so and those those games are sandwiched by uh against really important games or or not i should say Yes, they're important games, but teams that are in the playoff race. So that, those two games, like those are four points. The Islanders, you know, need to bank and do it emphatically so that they can feel good about themselves. I think the um, Dom at the uh, the Athletic wrote a piece about um, whether or not there's any weight to the to the, to the theory that um, you know, teams that are playing well or hot down the stretch of the regular season do well in the playoffs and the answer is kind of yes and no it's the playoffs are just so random to begin with so but if the islanders can get this roster into across the line into a series against anybody but the, the hurricanes and at home ice i still think like you know you should feel good about uh you know really good you know we should always already feel really good about the season but if they get this you know group over the line healthy into a playoff series like the islanders are in relatively decent shape um even despite despite the fact that they have been shut out eleven out of twelve games or whatever it's been, <laughs> uh, my I I know the article you're talking about. I didn't get a chance to read it, but I don't know, I kind of feel like it's more about matchups than than momentum. You know, it depends on who who you're it's your, you're playing. Yeah, it's, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, I'm, there's like this thing going on right now in the Pacific where uh, the, the the Flames I think have now yeah they've they've run yeah. away with the division, but. Um, 
their coach, Bill Peters, was basically quoted as saying, like, you know, it doesn't... Winning the division in the Pacific is huge because you avoid the Knights. And he was talking about, like, how, you know, it's it's not really that important. Uh, they just went get into the playoffs healthy or whatever. And everyone's like, uh, dude, you're either going to play maybe the best team in the conference, the Vegas Golden Knights, or the uh, the Coyotes or Avalanche. Like, what is wrong? <laughs> Yeah. with you like you should absolutely be gunning for yeah. you know and, and the islanders the islanders are don't have that luxury of being able to, to you know control their destiny in that way but there's still a chance that things fall into place and that's what i was i met before is like it's like this weird feeling like like when the penguins beat the rangers the other day it might have ended up helping more than hurting the islanders just because sure like they're now in this race for home ice with the penguins but like if the penguins separated themselves from the the hurricanes a little bit so if if you're really like me, freaking out about playing the Hurricanes in round one, <laughs> yeah, no, I, which might not be the right yeah. thing. Like like it might have ended up helping. Yeah, more than no, I, I am I am freaking out about it, and I don't want it. There's the Islanders are up four points on them right now, so you know again they need to win games. Like that's the end of the story, and and just hope that you know they avoid them. Um, but you know, hockey is fun because there's always first round upsets. Like that's what people like about hockey. I mean, goddamn the Edmonton Oilers in the 1990s made it a habit every year. Like if people would be like, ah, this seems not that good. And then they would always upset somebody in the first round that you expected to, you know, kind of roll over them. So it can happen. Um, this year, I think there's a lot more parody going on. Uh, I guess the flames, you know, people have been saying for a long time that the flames are kind of ripe for an upset. Uh, that's it's possible there. Uh, the Caps, I think, could be a ripe for an upset. I don't think the Lightning are ripe for an upset. Uh, they just signed uh, John Cooper to an extension, so I, I can't imagine they get upset in the first round. There's no guarantee they win the Stanley Cup, obviously, but uh, I can't imagine that team loses to whoever they play in the first round. Hopefully it's not the Islanders. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, the thing my worry about the Buffalo game is that the Islanders went into that second game against the Flyers at home kind of looking to to you know it was, it was a huge game it was Bill Tory night the Flyers had kind of beaten them up a week before it was kind of embarrassing uh, for them and they went in with you know every reason in the world to come out fire, firing on all cylinders and win that game and they fell on their faces again and that's my worry now the Flyers are way better than the Sabres let's be honest um you know the Sabres have, have been hurt they're not very good um and so I think it'll be a different type of challenge but I don't want to pencil that in as a W just yet, uh, which I hate because, you know, it would be nice. Um, and then the Leafs game, that Leafs game, you know, Mike Carver made a point on, on the aisle seat this week that uh, that Leafs game really doesn't mean much to the Leafs because they're basically locked into that third spot anyway. So, you know, if they're going to come in and, and try and win one for Johnny, uh, that might mean more to them than the two points because they're not, they're not going anywhere. They're stuck playing the Bruins and, I'm sure they're thrilled about that. Uh, so, it, and then the the Panthers again. Like, how long? How many times have the Panthers been a spoiler forever? And so, I don't know who the hell they're there. What's even going to happen there? And if we get to a point where that Capitals game is meaningful for the division or for home ice, uh, you know, it's sort of going to be like a little bit of a playoff preview. So th- they're all big. They're all meaningful. There's good reason for the Islanders to play well in all of them. Uh, and for, don't, I almost forgot about the Winnipeg game. Uh, but there's also good reason for them to come up short. And this, I don't want to like take away anything from this season. Like you said, like we should, this has been a successful season. We should be excited for this season. And this has been more fun and more successful than any of us ever thought we would ever see. You know, I mean, we, the Islanders had every reason to be basically the Sabres or. Panthers right now, where you know, you, hey, you gave it a good run, but at the end, you got eliminated. Um, and but this is, you know, we talked about this last week. Like this team has come so far, we want to see them get rewarded with good playoff seating and home ice, and especially at the Coliseum. And uh, it's, I don't want to say it's slipping away, but it can slip away in a heartbeat because everybody's playing every night back to backs and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, they they need to they, I I can see a situation in which they win a game in Winnipeg. Let's put it that way. Uh, overtime is fine. <laughs> Just get it over with. Uh, and then, obviously, if they win the next two, uh, then we're all set, and they don't need to really worry about anything. But yeah, let's hope. Let's hope Barry Trotz picks up the phone with uh, Paul Maurice, and they come to a handshake <laughs> agreement. Hey, we're just let's just get this one two yeah. two 
over the line. We'll, then we'll flip a coin in overtime, and you know whoever walks away with that extra point. I think walks they've away won with the it. division too, right? Like they're or they they're going up against. They're they're no they yeah they're there's still some uh, business to attend to yeah. with, in that division. So yeah, um, and they just lost. I think they just lost the stars or something. They did. They actually, they lost like 5-1. So they were getting shut out for a while there. And I was like, oh, man, this is another <laughs> shutout for Dallas, which has made me think, oh, shit, that goes the uh, the goals against yeah. them. <laughs> it's so weird that they're the ones there. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that yeah. it's it's like another um, – that the schedule I, – I'm not saying the schedule has done Islanders, the Islanders like any favors or anything, but having like these games against the Coyotes and, and the Jets rather than, you know, just like a run of games through the Penguins and then the – the, the capitals or whoever uh down the the last five games of the year which which seems to have been the case uh for the nhl like i think they really started to backload schedules with divisional opponents like the year before or i mean um the for the past few years but at some reason it's not the case this year there's a lot of like the, the penguins are playing the, the the predators and so there's some some strange uh games still left to be played like i think I, I, i'm almost wondering like if if that is going to help the fact that like all right like this isn't a team where we need the two points they need to keep you know we need to keep them from getting a point against it may change the, the um the strategy a little bit against a team like the jets but uh yeah i mean they think they, they should they shouldn't get the doors blown off of them. like this isn't a, a juggernaut team in in winnipeg like they just need to do it they just need to show up and if they can like if they put forth an encouraging effort there like that's fine um yeah more than more than i mean sure the two points are paramount but like if they kind of show that last night isn't you know the start of an, another little downward stretch like I, I would, i'll be able to kind of sleep on thursday night uh it uh i was reminded that they the first game they played against the Jets was back in Brooklyn, I think in November. And this was just as the Islanders were kind of starting to turn the corner and um, they lost three, one. It was, there was, it was zero, zero through two periods. And then the Jets kind of just took over and won. And that was the game. One of my favorite Tower of trots quotes all season was uh, that was the one where somebody asked him like, you know, are you, are you happy your team hung tough with a, a really good, opponent and Trotz's answer was they're not paid to hang tough they're paid to win games and it was around that time that they started winning games and I just that to me is the quote that kind of sums up this whole season like regardless of what happens from here on out it has been a change a season of changed expectations the expectation is you got to win games and that that was kind of the start of that and I remember you and I talked about it like could you ever imagine any of the previous like six or seven Islanders coaches saying anything like that. Like maybe Ted Nolan would have said something like that. But other than him, uh, him and, and LaViolette would have been the only two people to have said anything even remotely like that. Uh, you know, you're paid to win games. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's that, that's what you're paid to do? Really? Seriously? Uh, so, you know, hopefully they, they remember that and they can get back. Because they did play really well in that yeah. game. But Yeah, that know. was about the time that, the, like you said, the season started. It was just kind of become magical. And, and uh, since the past, like, three weeks, it's it's really hard to – to connect with that emotion, but mm. I thought the Coyotes game brought some of that out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, and uh, so hopefully, you know, th- this next couple games, like they kind of recapture some of that spirit. But um, yeah. because I mean, it's just been it's been so much fun, and and that's why, like, you know, these these downward turns have hurt so much. Is that like you're like, oh man, we, we, look look what we have, look what we could have if like we're still standing, you know, needed to right. the summer. Like, sure, yeah. teams, we we spoke. A, a couple times already this season about how you know everybody weirdly the, the islanders are writing maybe the best story in in hockey and, and everybody hates it everyone is, yeah. is like, you know <laughs> wants to throw the book right yeah but uh you know if they it's so weird that if they play the penguins in the first round i honestly think that the, the general sentiment outside of you know the, the maybe devils or you know flyers fan is that people will be rooting for Sidney Crosby and the Penguins and that, you know, the underdog yeah. Penguins, look what they've been able to accomplish despite all the adversity, you know, taking on the Islanders. Like, that's the, the general narrative that's going to be spun. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Hurricanes have claimed the beloved underdog mantle for the season, and apparently nobody else is allowed to be that, you know. So the team that got... Yeah, and even the Capitals. Like, the Capitals, you know, they, their coach deserted yeah. them, and, and all, like, you know, they're, they're still able to win the division. This is an amazing story. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know it's uh, well, and and the Blues have come from they were equally as dead, and now they're in the playoffs. Nobody's really talking about them. Uh, the Avalanche, I turned around one day and they're in the playoffs too. Like, well, how the hell did that happen? They were dead in the water for a while there. Um, but yeah, there's only so much room on hockey Twitter for 
for beloved underdog stories. And and right now it's the Carolina Hurricanes, and which I kind of find funny considering that, you know, the Islanders were written off earlier than the Hurricanes were for bigger reasons. Nobody even gave them a second glance, and they've been at or near first place for half the season, and really nobody seems to care. Like, it's really... The Hurricanes are, are basically under underwhelming or, or not meeting expectations. Like, they, sure, they, they're in the playoffs and have 91 points right now, but this, they, they should... They've been the team... They've been such a good team for five... Right. Five years, six years, like they should be. They should be where the Capitals are. Like, let's not treat uh, yeah. them like they've been a g- general disappointment until this point. And, and I find it funny that. You know, uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say that's part of the reason. Like, I want to avoid them. Is like all that extracurricular noise the Islanders would have to deal with uh, if yeah. they play the Hurricanes. Not just the no, fact no. that they're a bad matchup for them. I like how everybody's uh, everybody's reasoning for not giving Barry Trotz to Jack Adams is well, you know, the goalies have played really well. You can't just give the Coach of the Year award to the guy who gets the uh, the best goaltending. Um, what do you think's been keeping the Hurricanes in the playoffs for the last ten years? The fact that they could not get a save from the guy who they signed to a million year contract and had to play over and over and over again. They finally move on from Cam Ward and they get some saves, and sure enough, they're a playoff team. Like that's okay. <laughs> that you know the Islanders get saves, and wow, these guys are just lucky. It's not a big deal. The Hurricanes get saves, and all of a sudden they're everybody's favorite team. So what am I gonna yeah, say? It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. And, you know, it's fine. And they want to do the, the storm surge thing. It's great. Keep doing it. Uh, you know, more power to you. Stuff that makes Don Cherry mad is okay in my book. Do I need to see it 18 times in my Twitter timeline? No, not really. You know, it's like it's like the people that retweet Bob McKenzie, Nellie Friedman. We all follow Bob McKenzie, Nellie Friedman. Please don't retweet them. We get done. and don't rephrase what they said in a tweet because we all follow them. We all see them tweeted first. It's okay. Uh, you know, but you know, it's fine. Whatever. And you know, it's we're here to enjoy this Islander season. If even if nobody else is, <laughs> like, I guess that's yeah. my my feeling. Yeah, that's the that's the funny thing. It's like it's still like we we've talked about with the Tavares stuff and, and how like people miss miss the details of um, why that was so important. It's like the season too is the same way. Like yeah, like how you know what what's so great? Like I thought the the general surface level narrative is like Barry Trotz has made them into a good defensive style team and they were getting good goaltending. What like what else is there need to know? And like. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, we need to sit you down and explain it from the beginning, and and, yeah. and right. that's maybe then after three hours of you hearing mm-hmm. us out, you'll you'll be like, oh, you know, that is actually kind yeah. of a nice story. The, the story, the story, like literally starts in 1991 and continues <laughs> yeah. to 2018. So yeah, it is a long story. Uh, real quick, um, the so Lad and Philpola are out, but some new guys are in. Although you're not going to see them play this season. Uh, just after we finished recording our last episode, the, the real episode, not the one that got uh, eaten by my computer, uh, the Islanders signed a defenseman out of Miami of Ohio named Grant Hutton. Uh, he was their captain for a while. He is a six foot three, two hundred something pound right shot defenseman. So that is a pretty awesome combination. Uh, he's apparently a good player, and he had been on the uh, Lou Lamorello radar for a while. Go back to his time with the Leafs. Um, I don't know of anybody that had him on their radar, and he just kind of came out and they announced that they signed him, and it was like, oh, well, this guy sounds pretty good. Um, his contract starts next year, but he's he's already signed an ATO, an amateur tryout with the Sound Tigers, so he's going to play there. I mean, he's he's 22 or 23 right now, so uh, I, I'm excited. I, apparently, I didn't realize that right shot defensemen were so such a rare commodity out there. Um, yeah, it became that and, way like two years ago. All of a sudden, yeah, it's like, wait I just, a minute, why? I don't what, know. Why, why are you calling him a right shot defenseman? Like, what's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a righty myself, so I even like other thinking of other like lefties is kind of weird to me. But yeah, uh, especially for athletes. But uh, <laughs> uh, so that's number one. But uh, then uh, a couple of days later, I guess on Monday, they signed. Uh, a guy of note that we had heard about before, a guy named Bobo Carpenter. Yes, his name is Bobo, uh, and uh, he's the son of uh, former NHL player Bob Carpenter. And uh, he just finished up uh, a four-year run at BU, and he apparently had some suitors, and he's decided to join the Islanders. So uh, Carpenter looks—he's a—he's a forward, so he could play left wing and center. Don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but it sounds like he's got you know sort of middle six potential, you know, third line potential, and. Uh, he also he hasn't yet, but the expectation is that he will also sign an ATO 
with the Sound Tigers and play there for the rest of the season, and then you know their the entry level contract with the Islanders will kick in next season. Um, also, Oliver Wallstrom is out there. He ain't going back to BC. Apparently, there's a chance that he could sign in Europe. I guess he's kind of weighing his options right now. Uh, but he could also sign with the Islanders, and uh, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I know these guys are all. This is all kind of lottery stuff. You never know what's going to happen with these college players. But it's nice when your team signs these guys, you know, because it means that they they pitch them and they wanted to come to the Islanders. Yeah, like so Jack Killen. Cool. I remember yeah. the Islanders. They were out of the playoffs <laughs> of that season, and they were like, "Oh, but we got Jack Killen for the last two games." And the yeah. the reason he chose the Islanders, like I think it was over the Panthers or whatever, was like. The Islanders guaranteed would step right into the lineup and play two games, like the last two games of the year. Kevin Churchman, baby. Kevin Churchman. Churchman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good guy. It's uh, like, the thing is, like, when Lamarilla signing these guys is obviously a little bit different from, you know, Gar Snow or whatever, um, for better or worse. But, uh, you know, he's had success. And this is a long time ago, but with, like, undrafted guys. Yeah. So, like, I don't think Brian Rafalski was drafted. No. So, yeah. Maybe, uh, I'm going to, you know, put that kind of expectation on Grant Hutton, yeah. <laughs> even though he's much, much bigger than Rafalski is. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I think that's, you know, three times Stanley Cup champion with <laughs> Rafalski. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, that, that's, he is pretty good with that kind of stuff. And Rafalski yeah. was a really good player. I mean, talk about underrated guys. Well, he was really good, Rafalski. Like, he was, yeah. he was like the poor man Scott Niedermeyer. Um, but he also played on a team with Scott Niedermeyer. So you have like the real McCoy <laughs> and then the sort of like knockoff version. And they were really good. He was really, really yeah. good. And then he signed that contract. I don't think I ever saw Brian Rafalski make a mistake in his career. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then he signed with Detroit, and I think he won another cup, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think did so. He, was yeah. yeah, so he was pretty good. I don't know if Hutton is quite the same guy. I don't, I don't think Rafalski was 6'3", 203 pounds. Uh, but uh, he was, if he's if – He played that, he played played that like size, that. yeah. So yeah, hey, he looked that big. Uh, and then Carpenter uh, is an interesting player. I just, uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get he didn't get drafted. But I guess yeah, whatever whatever the reasoning is, uh, it's the Islanders' game now. And, uh, and I also remembered for the, when I saw these two signings, the first guy I thought about was Churchman, who was like apparently a big get, and we thought he he was gonna have a future, but it's been in the AHL so far. Um, and the other guy I think of is Jimmy Vesey. Who apparently had the Islanders on his short list, although I don't know if that was all smoke and mirrors or something. Uh, and then he chose to sign with the Rangers and has kind of like sort of faded into the background. I don't know if anybody, any Rangers fan, is really a huge Jimmy Vc fan at this point. But uh, it's um, you know uh, again, it's it's exciting, but at the same time, it's what it means is that you know you're going to have like these new favorites and oh this guy's going to be good, this guy's going to be good, and then. They just never show up. So hopefully these guys will be the exception to the rule, you know, that they, they end up getting, you know, playing real minutes for a really good team. Yeah, that, that would that would be nice. That, yeah. I just I remember Jack Hillen because he that well, first of all, I thought he was actually relatively good, but um, he was perfect for that team. Uh, you know, he's right. playing with like Dylan Reese or whatever. And it, like that, that, that defense was just a, a God, there's travesty. A, there's such a book to be written about these sort of like no name guys that the Islanders had for about a five-year period that we all thought were going to be NHL players, you know, like Reese and Hillen and uh, I don't even know who else, uh, yeah, Andy Hilbert like, or whatever. I loved Andy Hilbert. But it, yeah. <laughs> Jack Hill, just I think Jack Hillen's most known for is like, I think he got hit in the face twice with a, an Ovechkin slap shot and then played with Ovechkin because then he went to play. I was going to say that ended up being his teammate. Yeah. Well, he was a little guy too, Jack Hillen. Wasn't he like yeah, he five was, nine yeah. or something? Yeah, great move, yeah. great puck mover, great puck. Yeah, mover. not a great. He was like a very, very poor man's Nick Letty. I feel like you know he's yeah. a good skater, <laughs> good passer, not terribly good with you know not a terribly good shooter, but uh, had all the other traits. And, yeah, there's definitely. I, I mean, we, we. I guess we could we could con- like theoretically call that era the sort of Mark Streit era. Where, you know, Strite was clearly the leader of the defense of that time and was head and shoulders above all of them. And yet I'm looking at a, a hockey reference right now. So, yeah, so Strite and then you got guys like yeah Jack Hill and Bruno Gervais, Freddie Meyer, another favorite, oh, Andy but- Sutton. Uh, and then, of course, the legendary <laughs> Andrew McDonald. Uh, Reese, oh, Dustin Cohn is there? Oh, yeah. Win. Oh, yeah. Well, Dustin question. Cohn was like, he was like a second round pick. He was, yeah. he was supposed to be great. But I remember Andy Sutton was the guy who uh, we joke about, you know, what does player have to do to get the, the uh, prefix yeah. big in front of his name? And Andy Sutton, you could not, 
you could not go a whole game without watch, watching yeah. the, the Islanders or the Thrashers when he was with them or whoever <laughs> without hearing big Andy Sutton. Yeah. Uh, Andy Sutton's size was 6'6", 245. I'm mad. I always <laughs> wanted him on the Islanders. So when they when they signed him to that deal, yeah. I remember people people were like, that is you know, not a great contract because Andy Sutton isn't that good, but yeah. he's big. And I was like, I've always wanted Andy Sutton because I just, you just, when you hear big Andy Sutton yeah. 300 times in your life, you're like, I want a big Andy Sutton. A- Andy Sutton's claim to fame will always be the, oh, so you're an expert when he was with the Ottawa Senators. Right? That, was <laughs> that was him, right? Oh, you're an expert. Um, Andy Sutton uh, was a Atlanta Thrashers legend. He had 21 goals in 273 games in Atlanta and his second most goals where the team were with the Islanders. He had seven goals. Boy, he played. He spent three years with the Islanders. How about yeah, that? he did. He got, I think it was like his last year was like when he was he got really banged up with the Islanders. He was hurt he played, a lot. Yeah, of yeah uh, he played that, that that big Andy Sutton style. Yeah, yeah, Freddie Meyer and Gervais and oh man, what what a group! What what a group! I mean, really, and I, you know, we say that with a lot of love because we put yeah. a lot of time into those guys. But yeah, then the, then the next was was new. Yersina. Uh, Oh yeah, Martinek. How we forget? We forgot uh, old uh, Radic. Yeah. Ty Wishart. Who's, he's having like a. He, he, the Islanders put up like an Instagram that Radic Martinek is doing some. Oh, yeah. some skills camp, and I was like, I saw the picture of him. I was like, oh my god, mm. do they sign him? That, <laughs> no, he's just putting on <laughs> camp so you can learn the Radic yeah, Martinek style. Love it. Uh, Ty Wishart also played the next year. The uh, the big <laughs> return for the Dwayne Rollison trade. Oof, that was yeah, but uh, man, what what a. What a collection. And, yeah. and, you know, again, like, <laughs> I'm laughing about it. We should, we should probably sign off soon. But I'm laughing about it. But, like, we all thought these guys had a future. Like, we all saw them as part of something, some rebuild that was going to continue. And it's like, oh, well, what happens when, <laughs> you know, these young guys from Bridgeport come up? What are they going to do with Andy Hilbert? Or, you know, what, what are they going to do with Jack Hillen? <laughs> well, you know, that problem kind of took care of itself. And, mm. uh, yeah, you know, but, you know, what's funny is that guys like that, if you ever ask them, not that I'll ever be in a position to ask them, but... If you ever ask them, they'll always say like, "Oh, you know, I love playing on the island because I had an opportunity to play." And like, you know, you wouldn't have gotten that yeah. maybe anywhere else. And no, the team wasn't very good, but you had a chance to play in the NHL. And so, well, I think that the difference between maybe Islander fans and and the rest of the league is like, if Freddie Meyer got walked out to the ice, you know, as a like, "Hey, welcome back, Freddie Meyer," yeah. there there would be you know literally that a thousand people standing. I guarantee and somebody and like, in the stands cheering. is a Freddie Meyer. Jersey. I would be one of them. Like, I guarantee yeah. it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Whereas, like you know, if, if if like the Penguins walked out, you know, or, or if the Flyers walked out, Bruno Gervais, who yeah, played with them for a little while or something, you know, people be like, wait, I don't yeah. know who that well, is. Where like, did he come from? And, yeah. and and that's not picking on Flyers fan. It's just that you know we kind of yeah. have a really a weird way of taking these these terrible players uh, otherwise or foot who would be his, historical footnotes and raising them to the level of cult level status because we just want cult <laughs> heroes and now we actually have a team that is turning into one so that's why we yeah. are you know you know so in love and infa- infatuated with this this group and want to see them uh, yeah you know, have no, the most i mean success. ask a, ask a capitals fan about jack killen i'm sure their their response will be much different than ours oh man i love jack killen he was really good meanwhile Ka- capitals from like oh yeah that guy that called up from from hershey a couple of times is, what what happened to him is he still around <laughs> like is he playing europe now uh, yeah so yeah no, cult heroes is the best way to put it. That's that's great. Well, what we're really <laughs> saying is we want to we want need Freddie Meyer night. Yeah, Freddie Meyer night. That would be something. They, <laughs> that would be yeah. I mean, they they could have a whole night. Like I know they do alumni nights, but how about like and you'd have to you'd have to give it a, a name that doesn't yes. sound like demoralizing. Yeah, soft, soft sell. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like rebuild rebuild uh, uh, remembrance night and it's like you know meanwhile his, here's all these guys and Mark Strite obviously would be number one but you know you, you have all these guys that come out yeah Ty Wishard uh, like, uh, thank you Ty uh, they'd have a hundred goalies probably then too you know Al Montoya is here yeah. uh, we'll do that They'll should, they should do that when uh, Michael Grabner retires yeah. you know probably ten years from now so uh, okay uh, so let's wrap this up real quick um with the usual stuff so check out sneakyathletic.com for all of your cool Islanders uh, apparel they got the goat stuff they got Fort Never Lose stuff there are going to be playoff games at Nassau Coliseum knock on wood Uh, so you might want to get some of that Fort Never Lose stuff before then and if you put anxiety in the discount code box you save 10% so do that at sneakyathletic.com this week's NHL names NHL name of the week is the same name I gave on Monday because I don't want to pick somebody else. Sherrod in has the puck. Ben Chirot. 
of the Winnipeg Jets, not Chariot. Uh, I hope he's still playing. I hope he's not hurt. Uh, <laughs> check out NHLnames.com, obviously. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. You should follow Mike at his Twitter handle, which is? The Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike there. Uh, he's going to be tweeting about a lot because baseball's around the corner. Kentucky Derby's around the corner, which I had totally forgotten about. What else? Basketball, playoffs around the corner, all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I, try-, I try to shy away from the basketball playoffs, but because I, th- I mean, the NBA is just an absolute soap opera. But <laughs> I'm sure that, that people say that about you know basically every sport, but except for the one where yeah. they don't elevate their their athletes to the personality level that they need to, which is the one we watch. But um, yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, baseball. I think opening day is tomorrow. And uh, oh my god, yeah, yeah. And then we got Holy the cow. NHL playoffs, man. And then yeah, so, that's. Obviously the biggest. Yeah. So keep but you should follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh we really appreciate you hanging out with us. Sorry about not having a podcast on Monday. It would have been a lot more uh optimistic. <laughs> and it's now uh, after the Islanders lost in Columbus. I'm kinda I'm even more regretting uh screwing that up because it would have been nice to hear. But uh you know, I'm glad we were able to do this and uh we'll have to see keep our fingers crossed for we'll see what happens in Winnipeg on Thursday night and hey, you never know. Maybe maybe they, they find their game again and uh you know, can uh, take two points out of there and set themselves up for a big clincher on Saturday. That'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah, clinching at the Coliseum would be nice. Yes, it definitely would be. So uh, thanks again. Uh, We will talk to you next week after the Leafs game, and uh, we'll see where the Islanders are at then. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.